So this is uh, Palm Sunday today, and I, and I want to refer to this. Uh, um, still got a little, little ring in there. Um, uh, and this is the week before Jesus' crucifixion, and he's, he's entering um, Jerusalem. This isn't just by happenstance, and so I want to I draw some things out from this event because it was, a, it was a celebration of people that said, what did they say? They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, did you know that during that time there was a lot of people not blessing Jesus? There were different groups of people. There were those that had a blessing on their mouth for Jesus, and they were erupting in praise and exalting him as actually the king. So we'll see some things that were taking place because this was not just uh, a spontaneous event. Hey, let's go celebrate Jesus. But this was actually prophesied way ahead of time because there was something significant taking place in, in, in Jesus going in humbly on a donkey, going into Jerusalem, that was, was making a statement and I want to draw some things out from this because Jesus in his whole life was fulfilling prophecies, wasn't he? He was being faithful to a cause that God had. We started talking about a cause last week. I want to talk, I want to call this the cause of Christ. What was going on on, on Palm Sunday? What was going on that, that he was fulfilling? It was a, there was a purpose that was very critical for that day that he was fulfilling. And so I want to read this, I just go starting in Luke 19 and verse 35. Uh, this, is in the, this is in the notes in your church app, if anybody wants to download that, a new, uh, new Life Church LH. We got some notes in there, uh, Luke 19, 35. Then they brought him to Jesus. So what happened? Jesus said, they are getting ready for this, and he said, I need you to go, and there's going to be a donkey, and I need you to go get that donkey and bring it to me. So they go to this house, they get this donkey, and they bring him to Jesus. And he's just a small one, right? He's just a, just a little guy. Talk about being humble here. This is amazing, actually. Well, I'll get into it. <clears throat> so they brought the donkey to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the ground. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. There's something taking place in here that is not religious. It's a spontaneous eruption of a recognition of the glory of God. <laughs> so there's different, uh, there's different tellings of this story. And, and this one... This one here in Luke, uh, actually, th th they call out, blessed is the king. And what does that do to the Pharisees? Oh, it causes a, an, an eruption from them. They say, this is blasphemy. 
So what's the significance of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem and them calling him a king and him coming in on a donkey <laughs> with, with no chariots, with no soldiers? Because, you know, even today, uh, if, if you hear what was expected in Judaism of a Messiah, it's a political leader. It's somebody to come in and, and uh, free them from all oppression. They were, they were Roman subjects at this time, right? They were, they were under the rule of, of Rome. And they were expecting a Messiah. If there's going to be a Messiah, he's going to come in and he's going to be the dude. He's going to be rich. He's going to be everything that on the world you would consider, in the world you would consider to be a legitimate ruler. That's what the Messiah is going to be. But what, what they didn't realize is that severely limited what their true Messiah was going to be. He's not just going to be something that we can put a title on him. We can put, we can put robes on him, and that's what he's going to be. So if you go back into the Old Testament and, and, you, and you find out the heart of God for the, for the people of Israel, his heart was to be their God. Their only God. He, it was his heart to be their leader. To be the one... To be the one that they would get their counsel from, that they would get their protection from. It, it was going to be God. And so all through the wilderness, that's what he was, wasn't he? He was, he was in a pillar of fire, in a pillar of smoke or a, a cloud of, uh, uh, that, that would be there for them, right, and guide them. And they never went anywhere without considering God. He was their, he was their leader. But what happened when they got into the promised land? They got a promised land, didn't they? <laughs> and what did they say? We have to have a king like everybody else has. We need a king that we can put a crown on. We need a king that we can say, yeah, look at this. It's an earthly king that we can serve, that we can. And God was actually grieved over that, wasn't he? He said, I'm going to give you a king but it's not going to be what you want. And he gave him King Saul, right? And King Saul was a mess. <laughs> there were good kings and there were bad kings. But all the time, there was a displacement of God's cause for mankind, and especially his people Israel. There was a displacement of God in, in the position of the king. So in this procession, there was, there was something being stated here that there's a return. Remember what Jesus always said? He said, the kingdom of God is at hand, didn't he? He would, he would say, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what was happening when he was coming in on that cult, there was a celebration that wasn't you know, a lot of times when kings come in, they'll make sure everybody's out there. They'll make sure the streets are full. Why? Because they they coerce people to worship them. They, they they make sure that they do. And if they don't, you can get in trouble, right? But what was happening in the celebration of Jesus coming in and them declaring him to be the king, there was a return of what would, had been stolen from the heart of God in the taking of kingship from him and his people. And now there was, there was a true king returning. 
And he was being celebrated, not out of natural means that you could, you could say it's, it's because of an earthly merit. But it, was, it came from, what did it come from? It's so amazing what, God, what Jesus went around doing. He went around displaying the power of God, didn't he? The glory of God. He said, everything I do, it's because my father tells me to do this. What was he doing? He was letting the world in that the world in that area. Well, you know, sometimes in the in in the in the scriptures it talks about the whole world and, and and it was in their understanding of what the world was. It wasn't as big. It was an area that was smaller. But in his realm, what was he doing? He was dispensing the glory of God. And in that glory, there was a a kingship that was being returned, a kingdom. Where, you know, we, we need to honor our earthly rulers, but we've been given a king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And when he was coming in, what he, the celebration was coming from the dispension of the glory of God that he had, he had shown. This was an organic <laughs> Uh, there, there was a stripping of anything that you could label this to be an earthly thing, and it was an eternal one. You know, sometimes when we, when, as soon as we start to put uh, what we think qualifies in an earthly realm, we're actually limiting in an eternal realm. So what Jesus came was doing when he was coming down that, and they were celebrating him, and they were actually putting their own things down in front of him to honor him. And to make it like he was being cared for, this was an eternal expression of hearts that had been touched by the glory of God. And what it immediately did, so I saw two things that were, were coming from this. If you can pull up those next one, the celebration of a king. And I, there's three things that I want to just point out here. Is that it was inappropriate for an earthly reign, reign but it was representative of an eternal one. So if Jesus was subject to being offended, he could have really been offended. I'm coming to save the world. I'm coming to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is all you can do for me? But he had an understanding of the reality of what was going on. He knew what was getting ready to take place. That, he, that this celebration was going to diminish into a morning. Not a... Sunday morning, but a people morning. And he knew that it was very, it was very unstable what was going on, that these were pe people were rejoicing right now, but people can change quickly, can't they? And so what, what he understood is there was, a, there was a reality in the spirit that was greater. But this was precious to him. I saw this in two different ways, and, and if, we can, if you can hang with me on this, because... Um, part, of the, part of it was for the setting of the joy before him. What is it? We have a scripture that talks about that, don't we? It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured? You know, I wonder about when Jesus was going to the cross, going to, uh, he was carrying his cross for a while. He had some help with it, right? But he was on his way to be crucified. It says, who for the joy that was set before him I wonder if he remembered 
going down the streets, seeing people who's, who had experienced the glory of God, had been changed by the glory of God. And he said, this is why I'm doing this. It's for an eternal kingdom. It's not for a temporary one that you can put your label on. It's for an eternal one. That's what, this, and, and it was like he was setting his joy. God was doing this for him. He was able to see, there's real faces that I'm doing this for. There's real people that have been affected by what I've already done. And what I'm getting ready to do is to expand this. Man, we're going to see this. This is great. We're, I'm going to expand this effect so it does touch the whole world. Okay. All right. One more here. There's a return of the glory to the Father and a way made for his final rule. We'll see this. That in this little procession was a premonition of what's going to happen in the end. Jesus is going to come back with all the glory on a big prancing steed. <laughs> but this had to precede that so that the glory of God can go out. And so, <clears throat> so there is a cause. What Jesus came to do was to dispense the glory of God and to bring the kingdom of God to where God becomes the king again. <laughs> Isn't it so good to have... God is our ruler today, especially today in America. No, just I'm not going to say anything else, but it's good to know that God is our king, amen, and that he's our ruler. Praise God. So let's go, um, let's go to Habakkuk, <clears throat> because this is what Jesus came to do. The glory of God is, is the presence of God. It, it's the power of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the plan of God being experienced. I, I love this when we worship. I don't know. Hopefully y'all experienced it this morning. That when we're singing about the power and the presence of God, there's an experience of him. Amen? And And... What we're doing here even right now is part of the cause that Jesus came to, to uh, dispense. And we can participate that in that. In fact, we're, we're, we're part of the plan, the cause of God, the cause of Christ. Let's go to uh, Habakkuk 2.14. So the cause of Christ is filling the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. This is the passion of God. He said, I've made mankind. I want to fellowship with them. Now, they need to be filled with the knowledge of my glory. When Jesus was on earth, especially when his ministry began, everywhere he went, what was he doing? He was showing people. He was giving them the knowledge of the glory of God. Sometimes it would require a miracle. This is an amazing thing. Here's this common man that they see, but the miracle is what made them see, experience the glory of God, right? They would, they would just be with Jesus, but then something would happen and they would, be, they would fall down on the ground and say, oh, I'm not even worthy to be around you. Why? Because there was a demonstration of the glory of God that came out of Jesus, right? Well... He came to be on the earth for a while, but his cause required crucifixion so that, the, so that the heart of God could be fulfilled. That it wouldn't just be Jesus 
wherever he was on this earth, physically. But his glory would be dispensed across the whole globe. <laughs> All right. So Habakkuk 2.14 says this. It says, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How many are familiar with this passage? I, I, you know, this, this is one that, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of romantic. I think about the glory of the Lord like, a, like an ocean, like a water that just floods across the whole earth. And people just get swept away in the glory of the Lord. And, and the, I think that there's, there's an element of that being real. But look at this with me, and I, I believe there's something for us to discover in this. That this is the cause of Christ. To come, lay down his life, and become one with us. You know, Jesus said, I have been made one with you. Our glory has been one. We'll see the scripture. He's talking to his father. He says, as we've become one, now I've become one with them. How does the glory cover the whole earth? through us. Amen? This, this work of, that Jesus came to do, that they were, they were celebrating him, they were celebrating his glory, laying down palms for the glory of God. And he said, I'm going to celebrate this. This is the joy that's before me. It's not just going to be my, my working, it's going to be as it's dispensed through each person that gets to participate in the cause of God when they receive mine. All right. Let's go to John 17. And this is Jesus' prayer. He's, uh, notice the references to the glory. That God, that Jesus is wanting to impart the glory of God. This is the work already done. In giving us the glory, our cause is caught up in the Father's. I'm so grateful for each thing that God has, has designed for each one of us to do. That we have a certain gifts, we have, we have families to raise, we have things to do. But God has given us a way for everything that we're about in our life to take on eternal purpose. By letting it get caught up in dispensing the glory of God. This is the heart, isn't it? I pray that they will all they will all be one. Who's he praying for? He's praying for us, isn't he? Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the, the world will believe you sent me. What is separating the heart of God from reality? Belief. People actually believing and receiving the knowledge of God, right? He said, this whole purpose, they being one with us, as you and I are one, the whole cause of that, the whole purpose of that is for the world to experience you. Amen? I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. 
May they experience such perfect unity that the world will, it keeps going back to the world, doesn't it? The cause of Jesus coming was not to just be good on the earth, was, but for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Amen? May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And there's some powerful statements in there. God loves, man, we need to just say this, don't we? God loves me just as much as Jesus. Wow. That takes some revelation. It takes some convincing, right? But don't you know me, God? Yes, he does. That's why he sent Jesus. He loves us so much, but he loves our neighbor. He loves those people that we don't like. Amen? So how does that change? It changes by us getting his cause in our heart. Amen? And for his prayer to be fulfilled in us, that we are so one with Jesus. This isn't just a celebration of Jesus. This is a celebration of us together with him. Amen? <clears throat> Let's go to Zechariah 2.11. In Christ is the joining of all nations in the cause. So, now this, this happened sometime after Jesus rose from the grave. It took the disciples. Paul had to come along, right? And Peter had to have a dream of, of stuff coming out of the sky that he wasn't supposed to eat. And he said, if I say you can eat it, you can eat it. For this to be fulfilled, this is important though, because for the glory of God to fill the whole earth, it couldn't just be the Israel nation anymore. It's got to be everybody. Aren't you grateful that we got to be a part of the cause of God? God loves each one of us just as much as Jesus. Amen? (laughs) If he loves everyone just as much as Jesus, he says, I need you to get this in your heart. Because there's some things you're going to need to do to carry out my cause, my my glory. Amen? So Zechariah 2.11 says, Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. So we see that that Jesus came to, to be this new king to return kingship to God, but to to carry that glory across the whole earth. For that to take place, we gotta become one with him, but it can't just be exclusive. It's gotta be for everybody. And so that's what happened. (laughs) Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2.14. Through us, the cause of Christ is is displayed to the world. So, (laughs) but thanks be to God who always puts us on display in Christ. You know, so much of the time, we want to pray for God, the glory of God to just be shown. God, just show us your glory. We, we sing, make songs, show us your glory. And he says, okay, go look in the mirror. Right? How how was the glory of God going to be seen? Well, if Jesus was here, we could say, well, look at Jesus. 
That's the glory of God. And Jesus has said, no, I, my cause, the cause of Christ is not to just be seen as the glory of God, but to impart the glory of God. Right. That we become the display. Man, this is a responsibility, isn't it? Has anybody ever got a job that was like over your head? It's like, you mean I'm supposed to do this? <laughs> and you got a learning curve, right? You gotta, it's like before you actually feel qualified to do this. And, and, and Jesus says, you're a new creation. Now you get to display the glory of God. How in the world do you think your neighborhood is going to have the glory? It said the, the glory is going to flood the whole earth like the water covers the sea. How's that going to happen? It's going to happen through you and me. Amen? That's the cause of Christ. Not to just make us new creations so that we can be, feel better about ourselves and get our ticket into heaven. No, so that the glory of God can cover the earth. <laughs> All right. But thanks be to God who always, don't you like this? It's, it's not just, you know, when you feel like it or... <laughs> Man, we don't get any excuses. We're the ones. Don't you, don't you think the world needs some things changing in it? Man, our world is messed up right now, big time. And we could get all worried about it. We could start strategizing about what do we need to do. You know what we need to do? Let's show the glory. Amen? Okay. He says, but thanks be to God who always, not just sometimes, this means this is going to have to be our life. Not just when we feel like it. We don't just get to sit back and say, no, I don't want to do this sometimes. But this is always. Yes. Aren't you glad God is always? Yes. You know, he's, <laughs> our mercies are new every morning, but he's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, part of my sameness, part of my always thing is I always display you. Whoa, man, this, this puts something under, uh, this should put a fire under us. Oh, you mean if the, if, if the world's going to see your glory, then I'm the one? That's how he sees it. Who always puts us on display in Christ and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. This sounds like a fulfillment of Habakkuk, doesn't it? Right? He's using us. <laughs> For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So here's the thing about the glory of God. It's going to be welcomed by those who are blessing him in the name of the Lord. And it's going to be cursed, just like the Pharisee that piped up. And said, you better tell him to stop. What's happening in America today is those who really know the glory of God are becoming under persecution. It's inevitable. It's to be expected, actually. <laughs> right? For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. He said, you know what? If somebody's going to be saved, it's because of the glory of God being displayed through somebody. Amen? To some, we are an aroma of death. 
leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. And who is competent for this? I believe we're competent for this. But it, it requires getting revelation of it and taking it to heart. Amen? We all look so different, don't we? And those differences become things that we want to point out. We want to we draw lines and we want to cause there be divisions and, and, and come up with solutions ourselves. And God says, you know what? All of you are lights of my glory. And you all need to look at each other the same way. Not to, not to be finding something that's wrong, but to say, oh, there's a, there's a light of God's glory. Okay? So, let's go to 2 Thessalonians. Well, I'm sorry. Let's go, uh, let's go to Matthew 25. So, Jesus came, Palm Sunday, celebration. It's an organic reality of celebrating God's glory, the king, the return of the kingdom to God that had been stolen from him. But this is just for the, on earth, during the realm, you know that Satan came down and, and he's actually the God of this world. That's why a lot of stuff's going on the way it is. God's not in charge of everything. He's handed the keys to us. We have something to do with it right? But there is going to be an end to this. Jesus is coming back. Aren't you glad? And when he comes back, he's going to come back with a different tone. He's going to come back to rule and to reign. And this is going to be the inversion of Palm Sunday. There won't be an opportunity for people to discount him. He'll come back in glory. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, Matthew 25, 31, and all the holy angels meet uh, with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now, this is something that we need to take to heart. Because what, what Jesus came to do, the cause of Christ, he takes it very seriously, his investment of his glory in us. That prayer was very serious before his father. He said, I... I pray that they would be one just like we are one. This is very serious. And it's kind of like those laws, you know, sometimes if, if you get stopped for speeding, you say, I didn't know it, what does he say? You should have known it, right? When you're driving somewhere, you better find out what the speed limit is, Right? There's a need for understanding of how serious being a carrier of the glory is, being a display of God's glory is, being part of the cause of Christ is. This is not a small thing. Jesus laid down his life for this. Amen? And he's coming back with some expectations. When he comes back again, it's not going to just be to lay down his life. It's going to judge us for what we did with his life that he laid down. Amen? He's going to come back to sit on, a, on his throne of his glory. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to decide who the sheep and the goats are. The ones who took up his cause, took it to heart, 
said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the glory. I'm gonna be part of, of that glory spreading across the earth, even if it's my little neighborhood, even if it's where I, if, if, if it's where I work, if, if it's my home, right? right? But the glory of God's gonna be seen because I'm there always. It's always gonna be seen, right? Because <laughs> that's what his cause is. So he's going to be deciding what we did with that. There's going to be an end to this. There's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a determining. And either we'll be really embarrassed or we can be confident. Saying, God, you know, you know I'm not perfect, but I gave my everything for this. I laid my life down for this. Amen? Okay, let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 now. The cause of lawlessness will be consumed in the glory of God. So here's, here's the deception that the world has right now. And, and it's one that, that, that comes over us all the time. That there's, there's a cause in my life that I do not want to give up for this. These can be secret things in our heart that we want to hold on to. <laughs> little, little attitudes sometimes. Sometimes it can be, it can be a, a oppression. It can be offense. It can be other things that have, has come into our heart. But we... We don't want to give this up because to display the glory, you're going to have to let go of some things. Your own cause in some way or another. We said this last week. For there to be taking up of God, God's cause, there's going to have to be a sacrifice of some kind. Right? And here's the deception is, what I, is that what I have is not worth letting go of for what he has. You know, I, I, I saw, uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with some of this AI stuff going on. Um, and, and the fear that's coming up right now, it's really, I, I thought it was kind of ironic that, <laughs> that the way this thing can destroy mankind is through lies. Isn't that interesting? Who is Satan? He's the father of lies. Isn't he? What he's trying to do all the time is to, to, to skew our perception of the truth, isn't he? And he's trying to make it so that the cause of Christ in our life, of, of always displaying the glory of God, is, is really subject to debate, subject to, but what do I want to do? Subject to other druthers in our life. And what that is, it's being affected, influenced by a, a system of lawlessness that's taken place. I mean, this is happening in, in our country right now. The law is just getting stomped on left and right. And what that says to me, that there's a departure from the heart of God completely. This nation was bound, all of our laws were bounded. Uh, you don't get laws without the morality that comes from God. And if you start taking God out, you just don't have law at all. Right? And so 2 Thessalonians, I just had to preface this, this passage because this is important. It says, then the lawless one will be revealed. Anything that would be keeping us from, from displaying God's glory... Anything in our heart that, that would seem to be bigger than that, 
holding us back or, or just don't, aren't convinced yet. It's all going to be consumed. Man, this passage is an amazing one. Whom the Lord will consume with his breath. This God that we have, the, the cause of Christ in making us one with God. I mean, this is huge. This is eternal. This is serious what we're talking about right now. Amen? Because everything else that would keep us from that is just going to be consumed with his breath. God is huge. And, and he's going to destroy it with the brightness of his coming. He's coming. <laughs> oh, God, don't let us be complacent. Don't let, us, let this be a small thing in our life, what Jesus came to do for us. Let's, let's take on this heart, this cause that you have. To be one with you, first of all, this is wonderful. But then to have a cause in it. God wants to display his glory through us. Amen? It's like a Luke 9, 24. Our own cause is secured when joined with his. So, this is so important. It's not like God's wanting to take away everything that we're about. In fact, he's designed us with desires, with gifts. Amen? And Satan, the lawless one, is the one that comes and he, and he bastardizes it and he, and, he, and he perverts it. And he takes even the way we're made sexually and tries to turn it into something that is despicable. And God's saying, I'm not wanting to take away these things. I'm wanting to make them right. And you get your cause in line with the cause of God showing his glory across this earth. And what it does, it doesn't disable other causes, it enables them. It enables them to be right. Satan's wanting to take those things that are precious in you and to pervert them and to destroy them. Satan's wanting to take them and to make them part of a bigger cause that's significant. Amen? Okay. All right, this passage is very important. So listen, everybody, everybody wake up and listen. All right. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns. How's he going to return? He's coming back in his glory. And in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So I was trying to relate to this. So what happens, uh, you know, I grew up a pastor's son. And sometimes, uh, you know, we didn't do things that everybody else did. And sometimes, you know, you, you're kind of ashamed of some things. So, oh, yeah, I don't do that, you know. <laughs> in fact, you can be kind of embarrassed of sharing who you really are because of what other people might think. And what, what's really happening in that is a revelation of which cause is most important to you. And so, because I'm trying to relate to who's going to be ashamed of me. Well, who's going to be ashamed is, are, are the ones that have let things that are going to be consumed by the breath of God keep them from doing what's going to be sustained at the end. That, that the glory of God is, is not going to be overwhelmed by these things. 
What we might be ashamed of today or we tempted to be ashamed of today is going to be consumed. All those opinions of who we are or, or whatever would keep us from that, they're going to melt away before the glory of our God. Best we stand up right now and say, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. I'm not going to be ashamed of those things. In fact, I'm going to be a display of them. What did Jesus say? It's like a, a light. You put it on a hill. You don't cover it up with a bushel. This is the cause of Christ for the glory of God to flood the whole earth. It requires us, and he takes it serious. He said, did you do what I asked? Kind of like the, it's kind of like the, uh, um, kind of like the servants that he gave the talents to, right? He said, "I, I gave you something. What did you do with it?" Yeah. He takes it seriously. All right. I just wanted to end with this because we need, need to end on a lighter note after we've repented. We've all repented, right? <laughs> We're all ready to. To be a part of the cause of Christ. Amen. He, this is significant. Yeah. <clears throat> so I like, I like looking at this. This is like a faith statement. This is what we declare when we're, when we're saying, God, oh, I, I'm so sorry that I haven't done this. Let's go back and say, no, this is who we are. Yeah. If we make Jesus our Lord, what's happened? For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, darkness. He, this is the, the, the God of creation. When he spoke, he, he said, let there be light. That same God has shined in our hearts. Can you say that right now? That same God has shone in my heart. Can we say that together? Say it with me. That same God has shone in my heart. Ha. Huh. You know, sometimes we just need a light bulb to go off, don't we? Of what we already have. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Don't you think if you could just get like a, a really good hologram of Jesus and you could take it around door to door, people would be just changed? He said, just take your own face. Because I've already shown my light in your heart. I need you to carry the face of Jesus wherever you go. Amen? We need to be encouraged in this. We need to take it to heart. Amen? There is a cause in Christ. The cause of Christ is us carrying the glory. That celebration on Palm Sunday was a premonition of what's happened in him. It was the setting of his glory before him. Setting of joy before him in us. Seeing us as not people that just took it lightly. They just, went, just said, I'm saved and now I'm just going to go about my life. No, this he saw us actually be in his face going around to the neighbors. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs>